Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best, the podcast for authors, literary professionals, editors, editors, and other writers as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the CEO of Love for Words, an editing boutique, and I am also the hostess and founder of Editor Knows Best, the podcast. We have a very special guest today, but before we get to that, Editor Knows Best airs every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can visit anchor.fm slash editor knows best to listen to some of our previous episodes and if you'd like to be a guest you can also sign up on the, at that same link. Um, we do have a very special guest today I'm excited to interview. She is the owner and founder of Magnon Media Management, a full service public and press relations firm. By utilizing social media, traditional media, and micromedia, the management agency is able to spark necessary conversation between communities bolstering discussions for healing and long-term relationship building. You can learn more about Tiana, Tiana, excuse me, Manion by visiting her website, tianamanion.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tiana. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I mean, I've loved your work for years now and this Thank is way you. overdue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm glad to hear that. And I appreciate and love your work as well. And I'm so excited you can be a guest today. So myself and the audience would love to know how you got started in the media industry and what motivated you down that path. Yeah, it's crazy. So for me, there was never a time where like, I wasn't going to be a writer. So like, even as a kid, I was that kid banging out stories on Microsoft <laughs> Word. Um, but then it got to the point where like, books are long. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, like I'm 10 years old. And I just got like a bunch of chapter ones. This ain't yeah. <laughs> So I would say when I was about 11, my mom is an English teacher. Okay. Um, and she's like really big on not just teaching you how to write an essay or how to write, but how to express yourself, how to, you know, really look into social justice, all of these really great things, you know, like you're applying writing. Um, so I would say around 11 is when I started really looking at journalism and understanding that this is probably one of the most impactful forms of writing. And it's also mostly 500 words. So <laughs> yeah, right, right. So yeah, I would say in high school, I got my first internship. Um, I was working for the Rochester City School District. Um, and it was crazy because, you know, we go through superintendents like yes. pace. Right. So um, it was really eye opening at 16. And it confirmed for me that at least right then I didn't want to go into PR, I wanted to go into journalism. So I spent the next 10 or so years, you know, writing and in, in news, more so and then just recently in the past year is when I switched back into a little bit more of a PR stance. Okay, okay, awesome. So what would you recommend to our audience is typically um, authors and writers of books. Um, and that's, you know, there's some similarities there, but obviously journalism is different. So if we have any listeners out there um, right now, what would you recommend to them if they're interested in journalism specifically? Um, I think you have to be prepared for how tough it is. Um, already writing is incredibly hard. It's very vulnerable. Um, but now this is a service form of writing. 
You know, you are very much accountable to the people that you're covering. And so my advice would be to really start looking at stories right now, work on your storytelling. We don't need more people who can just say who, what, where, when, and why. We need people who can go into these communities, you know, really make great relationships and turn out stories that are gonna have impact. So I would say also be prepared for how broke you gonna be. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I feel like as a writer, we broke anyway, but yeah, definitely you're gonna be overworked Amber, <laughs> I would I would not use the word broke. I would say resourceful. Okay, look, more resourceful than you would like to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate the honesty. I'm sure the audience does as well. As a journalist, woman of color, what have you what have you seen, either good or bad, regarding the stories of of our people? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because I feel like I'm at this kind of point where things are really changing. Um, you know, you're seeing beautiful natural hair on like TV news. You're seeing more stories um, about Black Lives Matter. I think the content now, um, we're at the point where we've made all the easy changes. You know, there's still a couple more reporters of color that we need to get in there, but now we're at the point where we need to start making those big substantial changes. And so how do we actually change the way we interview people, the way we disseminate news, the way we even gather stories and write them so that it's not just based on the ideal reader of this 40 year old white male. Right. Um, because that's really their model of subscription and it's like that you've counted us out before we could even give you our dollars you're just right. assuming that you know 20s 30s 40s other people aren't going to subscribe right. as well so awesome awesome so <laughs> for you personally um when you're writing stories do you like to use person of color do you use black do you use latino or latina like how do you feel about those terms and the political correctness of those terms yeah, so I I treat it like your pronouns. And so what I do to not make it awkward is I ask the person their pronouns first. It does okay. not matter how you're presenting. And then I say, you know, I would also like to identify you, you know, especially if it matters. Right. Now, if it's just some normal story and mm -hmm. it don't matter if Joe is black or white. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um but I do like to use like actual specific terms just because I think it's important for representation. Right, right. You know, like you're Middle Eastern, but you're Pakistani and you're like, you know, to hear from a Pakistani doctor is going to be very substantial to you. Definitely. So, yeah. I agree, I agree. And I feel like there is hesitation around using specifically black. Um, yeah. A lot of the times when you hear woman of color, person of color, it's kind of like a synonym for black, which is not accurate obviously. Mm -hmm. People of color, <laughs> we all have different experiences. But when you say Black, that's a different experience than Latina, Latino, Asian American. We don't have the same history. So a lot of the time, unfortunately, I feel like that's a blanket, blanket statement and they just throw it out there and it's like, oh, that covers them too. And mm -hmm. it, we kind of get blocked out. We kind of get overlooked because we're mixed in when we have our own, you know, own things that we need to stand out for. So that's my take exactly. on that. So I know with your, um, I know with your management agency, you did mention um, the use of social media, traditional media, and also micromedia. So if we have some newbies in the audience who might not know the difference between the three, um, can you just give us a, a brief overview of those three types of media? 
Yeah, so I separate micromedia just because, actually, let me start from the beginning. I'll start with social media, you know, your very basic Twitter, Facebook, all of those cool things. Um, I do like to think, though, it's not just those platforms. You need to kind of understand what's coming out next, too. Are you already on Clubhouse? And if so, are you actually hosting conversations? Right. Are you you know, are you networking with those people? Um, traditional media is a form of third party validation. So get you into a newspaper where we have this objective reporter who is also saying how great you are. Um, and then finally, micromedia. I separate the two because you can use them in both traditional media and social media, but it's just creating a bunch of tiny little content that tells so much about you. So maybe it's graphics, videos, all of that cool stuff. Okay, so. Awesome. Yeah, I had never heard of that term. So thank you for giving us that insight. It's and like the new thing. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Coin, is it coined by Tiana? No, <laughs> okay. bro, I'm with that part. <laughs> I feel like no, no, no. I'm just lucky to be like in some really cool circles. So. Definitely, definitely. So um, in running your business, of course, um, a lot of my clients and, and also listeners are authors and entrepreneurs. So what advice do you have to others who are looking to start their business or they're trying to grow it and what has worked for you? Yeah, so I would say the biggest thing is getting that balcony time. So a lot of times when you are doing the work, you are stuck on the floor day in, day out, kind of head to the ground managing. Um, and before you know it, months have kind of slipped by. So what I say is every single week you check out for an hour, you go up, you stand on your balcony and you look out. You know, where are you right now? Are you where you want to be? Where are your competitors? Sometimes you are working so hard on what you're doing, you don't realize that the industry has shifted. Um, so the toughest part of running your own business is that not only are you running your own business, you're attracting new clients, you're staying on top of the game, and you're also trying to be innovative. So you're actually ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say make space for that mentally. A lot of the people that I follow are like, you need to be prepared to delegate. You need to be prepared to understand what your self-care is. Not everyone is, you know, rejuvenated by a pedicure. So find what yours, whatever it is. Um, and so go from there. But it's really tough work, um, but be prepared for a different set of challenges. <laughs> Definitely. And what do you consider the greatest rewards of being, being a business owner? Yeah, I think it's really that I do the work that I want. You know, there's no one telling me, hey, this story just doesn't seem right. We prefer you go this direction because of this project. It's, this is what I care about. I'm able to work with the people that I want to. I'm able to scale my business up as high or low as I want to. Um, and so with that, there's also, it's very important to know yourself because however you treat yourself, whatever your kind of personal culture is, is going to be magnified across your business and it becomes your business culture. Um, once it becomes that, it's a lot harder to kind of root out any kind of icky stuff or habits that you may have accrued at that time. Right. Um, so you need to journal a lot. You need to, and so it's been really rewarding just kind of learning so much about myself on this way, you know? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, it's definitely, you definitely learn a lot about yourself. And like you said, who you are, automatically transfer to your business. So um, yeah. I know there's a lot of conversation about keeping 
business, personal, separate, but when you run a business that doesn't really exist. Um, so you have to figure out how to make sure um, who you are as a person is aligned with whatever your business is. So I definitely agree with that. Um, so do we have a future book coming from Tiana? A book? Is that something you're considering? Yes. Wow, it's crazy that you asked me this because I've actually, <laughs> I have started something. Okay, okay. It's insane. Um, I was actually working on it before, but I'm a very big, like, I'm actually part of the Green Party, you know, I'm okay. very much, like, I'm a climate kind of person, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I'm actually looking at a book, a little bit more magical realism, and mm -hmm. every chapter is just a different person and it's looking at what happens to the world as the waters rise as mm. all of the temperatures go up you know as this kind of global warming is incremental mm -hmm. what does it mean when your apocalypse doesn't look as world ending as it does in other kind of dystopian books right. so you know you have like one chapter where one woman was called crazy because she's like building an ark, but it turns out that, you know, she's right. We have another chapter where, you know, the town actually adapts to the water. So it's been really fun. You know, I'm a very big Toni Morrison, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, like very prosy kind of fun writers mm -hmm. where it's like, is this realistic or when did we slip into magic here? Right. So right. very fun. Yes, that sounds really exciting. I'll definitely have to um, grab that, grab a copy yeah, of that. The early stages, so it's okay, fun to yeah. talk about it and, mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that with us. I'm definitely excited. I'm sure our listeners are as well. So for you, um, what, how is that type of writing different than than the writing that you do um, for your your press management um, company? Yeah, so for me, one is very much I am rendering a service for people, you know, I am very fortunate to have, well, I mean, like 20 years of writing at this mm -hmm. point, like mm -hmm. I was that kid, you know, I wanted to work with my teacher, all of that stuff, mm -hmm. like I really cared about my writing assignments. Um, and so recognizing that and recognizing that other people may not care about writing as much. Right that shouldn't hold you back. So mm -hmm. let me use what I've learned to kind of help you. Um, but when I'm doing creative writing and I'm allowed to just kind of slip into yeah. those parts of yourself that you're not really able to explore, mm -hmm. you know, the, the childlike parts of you. Um, and so it's really fun to just kind of write and get it mm -hmm. on the page and mm -hmm. know that there's going to be a million drafts and just allowing myself that grace to get it out. You know, in mm -hmm. journalism where the deadline is tight, you have right. to be perfect. And this writing, I'm allowed to explore, and it's very mm -hmm. freeing. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. That's awesome. Um, um, that's kind of the same thing when I write my poetry. Um, it's definitely a way, you know, self-expression and um, able to, you know, relieve some stress and things like that. So I can definitely see, you know, how that's different and appreciate so your perspective. Hard. Yeah. It's relieving too, because you feel like this overwhelming sense of. The world is like slowly ending and people are just like chilling. Yeah. And so it's funny to kind of grasp that. And I'm very much somebody who likes to put myself in other people's shoes. It's what makes mm -hmm. me, you know, I love journalism. Mm -hmm. So being able to put myself into all of these different characters with different voices and backgrounds, it's just really fun. <laughs> yes, yes, that's awesome. Um, I mostly edit nonfiction. So, um, and that's what I write too. But every once in a while, I'll venture into some fiction, and it's always fun. Girl, what are you writing about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
every once in a while. I haven't I haven't done a whole lot of fiction projects, so I definitely need to work on that muscle. That that muscle's a little weak, but oh well. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all have our favorite things. So you did mention earlier um, about competition and, and staying um, current with your competition. What do you recommend to those who uh, may might be afraid to venture out into into business because they see other people doing what they want to do? It is very easy to fall into this competition mode. Um, in America, where we're very individualistic, we think there are only so many slices of pie, you start to get scared and you say, you know what, I don't even want to come to the table. It is too scary to may not even get a slice. Um, so I've been really working on the last year of digging out that part of my mind and going back to our collectivism kind of roots. We are a collaborative people. When I see a post that makes that kind of jealousy rear up in me, I check it immediately and I say, how can I DM this person to collaborate? Because if I'm jealous of them, mm -hmm. I'm just misunderstanding my admiration of right. them actually. Mm -hmm. So I've been really just kind of focused on that. And that's what I would tell someone, if you're scared to venture out, do it with someone. Find mm -hmm. someone who's already successful in that lane and at the very least do an informational interview. But mm -hmm. say, hey, do you have any projects coming up where I can lend a hand where, mm -hmm. you know, people will be so grateful for the yeah. help. <laughs> you yeah. know, so yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, really I definitely agree with that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear well, you. I was just saying, you have to dig the envy out. If that's your first response, it's going to hold you back as a business owner because everyone will be doing better than you on social media. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And I agree completely with your statement where you said, you know, if you see something on social media, you might be like, well, how did he get that? Or how does she get that? I deserve exactly. that. Um, and that's the same thing for me. So even if that that creeps up in me, instead of, you know, just keep scrolling. I'll like it and just be like, you know what? I don't know what they have to do to stay there. And I don't know what they had to do to get there. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I think people miss. Like you said, social media is selective. People only, typically they only post when they're successful. Most people are not going on every day. Like, oh, I failed at this. I failed at that. I did this wrong. They're only going to show you what they're doing good, myself included. Um, so just remember that to the audience members out there who are in business or maybe afraid to go in business that you don't want to compare yourself to social media because social media is definitely photoshopped. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And make a win list every single day before you leave that office. Jot down every single win, big or small, because it's just going to make you feel so much more accomplished. Yes, 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 definitely. Yeah, so I, I agree with that. So um what else oh is there anything else you would like to share you know about your experience in your business that you think will be helpful to our audience or uh, maybe a recent story you came across and want to share your experience with that uh yeah so I mean it's just been a, a really fun journey over the past year and a half and, and just really exploring what I want to do and it's funny because you and I were on the causeway project together yes. Yes. And like race and media, we're trying to make media more equitable. Yes. And so we're at the point where we're pitching positive stories. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I assumed totally incorrectly mm -hmm. that reporters would jump on this. You know, we're packaging everything up for them and that the community would be the wary ones who are like, are you just giving our stories to this white man? Who's mm -hmm. not doing you know, like. <laughs> Hey, I was mm -hmm. open to the criticism. Right. Um, but when it came down to it, it was the other way, mm -hmm. where it was the reporters who we found 
yes, they're taking the stories, but they're not jumping on it as much. Mm. Where the community is so excited to get these stories out. And so for the last few decades, there's been this narrative that the disconnect in news is because all oh, those people just don't don't want to read it, you know. But we do, and we actually mm -hmm. want to be a part of the process. We mm -hmm. want to see our stories. You're just leaving us out. Mm -hmm. And so even when it's packaged up all nicely, it's funny to see that we're operating against a system that is still, it's not budging. So right. it's right. been a little interesting working on that project. And it's funny because it's a local initiative, mm -hmm. but Rashad and I have started making national connections right. with you know, different mm -hmm. journalists and mm -hmm. talking to them about racism in media. So. Mm -hmm. I think we're getting to a point where there's gonna have to be a total rethinking of news, like like we were talking about earlier. But yes. um, I think that right now, because we've been so disenfranchised, people aren't even sure how to do this. So right. it's funny to see this, you know, discussions start to happen and things like that. So yeah. it's it's great to be in this position to see mm -hmm. how things play out. <laughs> so for for the newbies that we have in the audience, can you tell us a little bit more about pitching? You mentioned pitching. Oh my gosh, pitching is, if you're not good at it, get good at it. Pitching <laughs> is the easiest way to make someone else do the work of getting you publicity. So every time you're a business owner, you are posting your own posts, you're writing your own blogs, you're doing everything yourself. If you are able to write a good pitch and send it to a journalist, they write the story and they put it in the news, which has way more readers than you have. You know, I'm mm -hmm. sure most of us have. Right. You know? Like I said, it's third party validation. So there's a bunch of different ways a pitch can look. Um, I think the most important thing is to form a relationship with journalists in your like niche. Um, and that's important because even if your pitch isn't good, if you've had a relationship with them where you're right. talking back and forth, you're saying, hey, this is a good story. I like this one. They're more likely to take you seriously when you do pitch. Um, so sometimes I'm just texting a friend, Hey girl, I think you would like this story because you just covered blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Other times it's a formal press release where yes. I'm saying, this is the news. This is the headline. This is who you contact for more information and all of that good stuff. So it really depends, but I would say, even though it's a lot of work building these relationships, you're taking the work and putting it in the beginning, instead of having to perfect every single press release, because don't nobody know you. So, right, right. Yeah. Awesome. It, it's really complicated. <laughs> once, you, once you get into it, yeah, it's way easier than sitting down and writing your own blog post every week. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, and I definitely understand the importance of, you know, getting your brand out there and relationship building is the most important component of pretty much anything in life. Exactly. Um, business, especially. So um, when you want to collaborate, if you're looking for clients, you have to have that relationship rapport for sure. So again, a lot of the clients that I work with and a lot of our audience members um, are authors and they're always looking for ways to get themselves out there. So do you mind giving us a breakdown of the difference between public relations and marketing for authors who might not know what the difference is? Yes. So I like to tell my clients the easiest way to think of it is marketing happens before PR happens after. Okay. So if you you're working with someone in marketing, it's while you're still developing the product and they're working with you to make sure the product is actually attractive, you know, to people in your audience. Mm -hmm. They're going to know, like, let's say you're writing a book for YA, you get with a marketer. 
these kind of people understand what young people are buying. They know what they're interested in. They know that wolves were, you know, werewolves were 10 years ago and now the new thing is this. So they're gonna help you develop certain plot points, certain characteristics that are going to match the audience that you wanna get with. PR is when you're already done. We cannot, I mean, we can make suggestions, but it doesn't make sense because marketing has more of the data, the analysis. PR is a lot more qualitative. It's relationship building. It's sending it out to different journalists, getting you on shows. So that's when the book is done. You've already worked with your marketer to see what you know young adults like. And now you're working with us to make sure maybe you're not going to go on Good Morning America because what teen is watching that? Mm-hmm. You're going to have a little spot on Grownish or something like that. So that's really the difference just before and after. Right. And the other um, the other difference that I, I know is uh, marketing is paid. So if you're paying for an ad or you're paying for a space and then public relations is typically free, if that's correct. Is that a correct generalization? Yeah, sometimes it gets a little weird because... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because so, in most instances you will hire a public relations professional or specialist, but those opportunities m- might be free. So that's one of the ways that I distinguish yeah. as well. But like Tiana says, sometimes those those lines blur. <laughs> It gets really weird, especially because a lot of people don't work with kind of marketing folks. They just mm-hmm. want us to do it. So there are times where you you end up doing a little marketing and it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a, a great conversation, very insightful and informative and also enjoyable. And I'm so glad you were able to join me on Editor Knows Best. So if, um, if there's anyone who wants to get in touch with you about your services, your upcoming book, where can they find you? Yeah, so you should always be following me on Instagram, the okay. Tiana Manon, um, and I'm also on Twitter, Tiana Manon, so T-I-A-N-N-A-M-A-N-O-N, and my website, tianamanon.com, so basically we'll be using that as a hub um, in the coming weeks for all of our different work across race and media, all of the different things that we're doing to totally change the system. So if you're interested in that, I would say just kind of watch my site, follow me on Twitter, and I would love to, to have your help. Awesome. Thanks again so much, Tiana, for joining us. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Again, make sure you tune in to Editor Knows Best. It airs Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, and you can visit anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best. Thank you all again. Be safe and be well.